Okay, so welcome once again to everyone. Um, this night, hopefully we might not actually end up spending that much time. Uh, I mean, again, it's always up to us. But what we wanna do is to start a sort of series. Um, my last was four meetings-ish or five marks. Um, and we have tagged it, everyone is busy. The backdrop for this is the fact that, yeah, everyone is busy. <laughs> you are busy, I am busy, we are all busy. And uh, it's almost become like a thing. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm fine, I've just been a bit busy. Um, personally, uh, I've got like, I don't know, the last time I checked, maybe like 60 something on open WhatsApp conversations, like on open chat threads, some of them, I don't know how many months old they are, um, which I mean, is a shame, simply put. Um, but again, also a testimony to the fact that I just can't keep up. Uh, and that's just my own version. I believe we've all got uh, different versions of what that looks like. How sustainable is that? How harmful could that be? Um, is there the need for a new reading, as it were? Those are the kind of thoughts um, that is going to shape our conversation for the next few weeks. But today, we just want to first of all kind of pinpoint what the issue really is, and then attempt to begin to reason out um, a way forward, not necessarily to be unbusy, but maybe to be healthily busy, if there's anything um, like that. And so I will just share, uh, I put a couple of slides together. We're basing this off of a material um, titled The Ruthless Elimination of Ori. I don't know if anyone has read that book here. Stawane <laughs> Wanyan said she had about 152 unopened WhatsApp messages, now reduced to 92. Thank God I'm not alone. <laughs> um, that's very comforting to hear. Very comforting to hear. So at least I, I know that I'm not <laughs> I'm not hopelessly um, behind in that regard. Okay, so there's this book titled The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The author had done the kind of um, video study guide, as it were, um, to, to kind of shape that conversation. There's a Christian video platform called Right Now Media, and there are loads and tons of all these video teachings and all that. So we're going to be streaming one of the very first episode of that today. It's just like an 11-minute clip, and we're going to watch it and then have some discussions afterwards. Um, but before we get there, I mean, the, like I said, today is just to pinpoint that issue, that issue of being busy, that issue of the fast-paced life that we all seem to be living in and maybe how to make the most of it or how to bring in the necessary correctives that we might need to introduce, um, especially in light of the fact that we're not just here to do life for ourselves but we are here to live to please our father, our maker, the one that has placed us here. And so the first question I want us to 
contribute to before we even go on to watch the video is what do you do to rest and what would you do if you add more time to rest and this is open to anybody we'll just take a few conversations around that what do you do to rest it's a given that we are all busy but if you think you are not busy fine maybe when we watch the video and we see some symptoms together we might all come to that conclusion that <laughs> we are all suffering from this busyness when we are the other um, but in any case busyness apart what do you do to rest personally that might be something that someone would take home from here just hearing your experience of how you rest might inform someone else's might spark up a new idea in someone else's heart so you never can tell so be generous to share what do you do to rest? And if you had more time to rest, what would you do? Damola, take the floor. So yeah, I mean, what I do, as um, Esther mentioned in the comment section, actually watch movies to rest. I mean, wow. instead of sleeping, because it's like, the time I have to rest is, a, is limited. So I'm like, if I sleep, I probably won't get the most of the sleep or I might sleep off and even miss something like, okay, Recently this week, earlier this week, I missed a test because I slept off. Although I wasn't feeling too well anyways, so. Oh, wow. But I slept off anyways. So like, I'll just rather maybe watch movie or video call a friend or something, family, just chit chat. Oh. Yeah. And then that's basically what I do when I'm, yeah. or maybe just do other things I would have. I still do things when I'm supposed to be, when there's actually now time to rest. Like there's just something that, I would now do it in that time. But then if I had more time, I would definitely just sleep. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Thank you. Thanks for sharing and sharing generously. Um, Esther says she sleeps and watch movies. Um, if Esther, so Esther too, also literally does the same, but she says she watch animations. Wow. Oh, she catches up with friends via video calls. That's good. Um, Docker says she sleeps, meditates on God's word, watch motivational YouTube movies, read some unopened messages. Hallelujah. I'm not alone. <laughs> it's so, it feels so good to know you're not alone. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to or need to share verbally, please feel free to do that. What do I do to rest? I'll come back to mine. <laughs> Any other person wants to share? What do you do to rest? And if you had more time to rest, what would you use the more time to do? What kind of rest or form will your rest take in that regard? Namala, when you said you watch movies, what kind of movies actually? At least Esther says she watches animations. Maybe that might be relaxing. Yeah, for me it's different kinds. Okay, like um this um um Mike Mike Bamloyes listen on YouTube channel, Dami. I I just need to like catch up on some of the ones I've not watched. And then there is particular series also that I've been watching on YouTube also. They, they show it every two weeks. Um best friends in the world. I don't know if anyone knows it. That's also and then just checking. Okay, I'm I'm a huge fan of true like movies based on true stories, like Anybody that knows me will probably know that most of the movies I probably share stories of will be movies based on true stories. So I always look for those. And then, I mean, but right now at the moment, sadly, all the series I've been watching, they've kind of like come to the end of the season. 
there was one that I was watching, New Amsterdam. It's a medical series. You've reached the end of the season. Thanks. That's me. Okay, Adiola says she watches movies. Everybody seems to like watch movies to rest. That's interesting. Gardening uh, <laughs> and sitting out there to watch. Yeah, Yinka, go on. Yeah, um, no, for me, definition of rest is taking a break from what is actually keeping me busy. And for me, what keeps me busy you know, as a mother, as a working, as a wife, is just to take a break from everything. So, and that includes um, the kids. So for me, it's usually either I'm outdoors for the season right now. It's summer. It's summer here, so I just I developed a new hobby of you know, planting some flowers. So it's either I'm watering them or I'm just out there watching watching the birds, um, like gardening, um, just nature in generally. And if I take off my background filter right now, mm. um, just outdoors. Wow, nice. Fresh air and just relax. And sometimes I find myself dozing off. Just doing this is just relaxing. That's it. That's good. That's brilliant. I likes New Amsterdam. I'm a living witness. Um, it's talking about you watches Korean movies. Oh wow. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. And Monzion films. Sister Christy says she sleeps and listens to classic music. Oh wow. Interesting. Okay, um, so having touched on these different aspects, I would want us to just look out for a few things video that um, we'll be seeing in a minute. Um, watch out for how the author is going to define something called hurry sickness, hurry sickness or busyness, basically. And then it's going to mention some negative results of that. So let's look out for that. Those will shape our conversation when we come back. Um, it's going to talk about how a hurried lifestyle impacts our relationship with God and our spiritual life and things like that. I'm going to mention some of the escapist behaviors, some of which some of us will call rest, actually, um, like constant scrolling through social media or binging on TV series and things like that, and how those things actually add to the problem of business. So um, just watch out for at least those few things. There are quite a number of things that would be said. Um, I wouldn't know where to pause, for instance. So I'm just going to allow the video to play for the we can come back to discuss about some of the things that jump out to us and reflect. Of course, like I said, the problem, I mean, the issue today is not to try and solve the problems. It's more about actually identifying what might seem to be, in a sense, the problem. Um, so I'm going to share, the, share my screen for the video and we'll get talking afterwards. So I'm going to stop sharing this. Okay. 
Yeah, sorry, I'm using a couple of screens. So there's always all this long procedure. Also, it looks like you're on holiday. Ah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, my brother. Okay, here we go. So, where's my Zoom? Yep. Hopefully the internet will cooperate with on the receiving end so that we can see, and there will be some transcribe, transcription or subtitle um, on the screen to follow as well. The Christian philosopher Dallas Willard once called hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day and said, quote, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. When I first came across Willard's line, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry, I was a burned out megachurch pastor on the verge of an early midlife crisis, and I was hyper aware that something about the way I was following Jesus was off kilter. If to follow Jesus is to organize your life around three basic goals, be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he would do if he were you, then year over year, I was moving in the wrong direction. I felt less and less with Jesus due to everything from work workaholism and a jam-packed schedule to just addiction to my phone. I felt less like Jesus, less loving and joyful and at peace and more on edge and angry and irritable and stressed out of my mind. And I had a sneaking suspicion that much of what I did with my life and work as a pastor was not actually motivated by love for God and neighbor, but by something more sinister in the depth of my soul, by my own ego and ambition and greed. Something was seriously wrong. And when I first read that line, that hurry is the issue, kind of underneath all of the issues, I had two equal and opposite reactions. My first thought was, really? Hurry? That sounds ridiculous. And then I live in Portland, Oregon, which is one of the most secular cities, not only in America, but in the world. And if you were to ask me prior to hearing Willard's thesis, hey, what's, what's the greatest challenge you face in following Jesus in your city? I, I have no clue what I would have said, but I doubt that hurry would have even made it in the top 10. The longer that I sit with Willard's thesis, that hurry is the great enemy, that it's the issue underneath all of the other or so many of the other issues of our day and age, from outrage culture to chronic anxiety to the epidemic of burnout to the rise of loneliness and the breakdown of the family and the social cohesion and political polarization, so many things, the more I think that he was on to something. Corrie ten Boon, the Dutch saint who saved so many Jews from the Nazis, said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. But if you think about it, busyness, or if you prefer the moniker hurry, and sin have a very similar effect. They cut off the soul from its life source in God. Many of us are just too busy to live emotionally healthy and spiritually rich lives with Jesus and his community. Psychologists now diagnose people with hurry sickness, which Psychology Today defines as a malaise in which a person feels chronically short of time and so tends to perform every task faster and to get flustered when encountering any kind of delay. 
Rosemary Sword, who is a time perspective therapist, and yes, that is a thing, and psychologist Philip Zimbardo of Stanford, in their book on this subject, offer three symptoms to self-diagnose whether or not you have hurry sickness. Number one, you move from one checkout line to another because it's you count the cars ahead of you and you change lanes. You know who you are. And number three, you multitask to the point that you forget one of the tasks. Any of you? Not to play armchair psychologist, but I'm pretty sure that we all have hurry sickness, myself included. And the ongoing effect of that kind of level of chronic busyness on our soul and our society is starting to take its toll. Think about it. What's the first thing that most people say when you ask the kind of cursory, hey, how are you? Most people say what? Good, just busy. Pay attention and you will hear this. Oh, I'm good, but busy across all of the lines that divide our nation right now. Gender, class, ethnicity, the urban, suburban, rural divide. Everybody I talk to is busy. College kids are busy. Young parents are busy. Professionals are busy. Working class people are busy. Retired couples are busy. Democrats are busy. Republicans are busy. Everyone I know is busy. Now, we need to clarify that there are different types of busyness. There's a healthy type of busyness that just means you have a lot to do, that you're not wasting your life playing video games and watching Netflix hours a day, but you're giving your life away to what matters. By that definition, Jesus himself was busy. You could argue he was very busy, but there's another more toxic type of busyness, which is what most of us mean when we say, hey, I'm busy. And that's when you have not a lot to do, but too much to do and not enough time to do it. The essence of that kind of busyness, or if you prefer, of hurry, is when we have a lot to do, not enough time. And so the only way to cram it all in is to speed up our mind and our body and our relationships, including our relationship with God, to a frenetic pace that is out of sync with the flow of Jesus. But it's true, I was cut to the heart by reading Ruth Haley Barton's 10 signs that you're moving too fast through life. Number one, irritability. Number two, hypersensitivity. Doesn't make, take much to set you off or offend you or hurt your feelings. Three, restlessness. When you actually do try to rest or Sabbath or take a nap or take a day off, you can't calm down. You have to check your email or whatever. Next is compulsive overworking, then emotional numbness. You just can't feel the full breadth of human emotions, empathy, wonder, gratitude, just kind of anger and anxiety. Escapist behaviors, just binge watching Netflix or doom scrolling Instagram. Disconnected from our identity and calling. We forget who we are and who we aren't, what we're called to do and what we're not called to do. And we just get sucked into the tyranny of the urgent and a performative identity to make other people like us. Seven, not able to attend to human needs, basic things like sleep. You know that before Edison and the light bulb, the average American slept 11 hours a night. Think about how deficient we are in things like sleep, healthy eating, drinking water, exercise, just a little bit of margin, like a block in your schedule with nothing on there and no screen on in the background. Hoarding energy, where we just kind of hold back our emotional energy and don't share it with people in need. And finally, slippage in our spiritual practices. The time that we dedicate to cultivate attention to God and his love goes down 
as our to-do list goes up. You having fun yet? The first time I came across this list, I was like seven or eight for 10. And my wife said, no, honey, you are 10 for 10. The point here is not to shame you. It's just to say, listen, there's more at stake than just our emotional health, as if that's not enough. Spiritual life itself hangs in the balance. I love this from Ronald Bullheiser. Pathological busyness, distraction, and restlessness are major blocks today within our spiritual lives. Now, to clarify what I mean there by our spiritual lives, let me do that because that language is really easy to sentimentalize. It's a bit slippery. What I mean by our spiritual lives is our capacity to receive and give love in relationship with God and others. After all, for Jesus, the telos of the spiritual journey, or put another way, the meaning and purpose of life itself and the whole point of discipleship is to become the kind of person who is pervaded by love. Jesus said the greatest commandment in all of scripture is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is very similar. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And hurry is incompatible with love. We see this on display in the life of Jesus. One of the things you first notice when you read the Gospels is that Jesus was rarely, if ever, in a hurry. Willard was once asked to describe Jesus in one word. He thought about it for a minute, and then he said, relaxed. Is that how you think about Jesus? As relaxed. Think about how many of the stories in the Gospels are interruptions. And in each one, Jesus is present to the moment. He is relaxed and anything but in a hurry. C.S. Lewis once said something to the effect that how you respond to an interruption is who you really are. Duh, the pain. I don't know about you, but I usually respond to interruptions with anxiety at best, irritation and anger or a curt dismissive response at worst. Not Jesus. His response was compassion, wisdom presence with love the hard truth is hurry sabotages our capacity both to receive and to give love with god and with neighbor and the deepest ache of the human heart is to give and receive love i believe that the call to follow jesus in our day is a call to slow down and match our pace of life to his to take on what he called the easy yoke an easy life is not an option, but an easy yoke is. Over the next four sessions, the plan is to explore how to slow down through four practices from the way of Jesus. They are silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. But step one on the spiritual journey is desire. You have to want it. Do you want to become a person who is pervaded by love? If so, how bad do you want it? Bad enough to get off the merry-go-round of hurry, to get off the drug of speed, and to go on the long, hard journey of change, to come out the other side free and at peace? If so, there is ancient wisdom from the life and teachings and way of Jesus for you and I to design a slower and a simpler life.
there we there we are um i know some people joined us in the middle of that um so basically we are starting a new series and it's on everyone is busy but actually the the resource material we're using is based on a book that is titled the ruthless elimination of Ori. you probably saw that at the last part of that video it's written by john john mark comma um i don't know if i pronounced that correctly but yeah john mark and comma um he's a pastor in us and i think he's done a brilliant job in or highlighting something that if many of us would be honest with ourselves um, would resonate with that diagnosis. So I'm just going to throw it back to us to say what aspect of what you heard um, resonated with you the most and why. And perhaps if you missed out on some parts of that which I'm able to fill in for you, I'll be happy to give the details if I have it uh, in that sense. So let's let's start from there. What's what's your wow from the video? What part of that struck you, excited you, hungered you? Um, whatever reaction it might be. Damilari says, my summary of the stories that have been gotten. <laughs> you are caught in the act, John Chapter 8, relieving itself. Good, good, good. You're not alone also in that. So you're not the only one that is cutting. We've all been cutting one way or the other. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Ifair. I was actually like, I don't mind sharing. I just, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't join from the beginning, but yeah. I just wrote, I am deeply sorry, oh, sweet father and friend. That's all I could write because <laughs> I went, I was just coming from work and something just happened and the way I responded to it was not just the, uh, it's not even <laughs> what he, is, he has been telling me, he's been telling me this, don't do this. And then I, I got here and that was, <laughs> it's as soon as the man is just telling me, oh, you should start feeling guilty about this now. But then I was like, all I could do was to just say, I'm deeply sorry. Yeah, very sorry. Stan, we say, why don't you want to share what happened? <laughs> Too long. All right. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks so much. Um, that that resonates uh, in multiple ways. I think one of the things that really struck me was when he was reading out those like pen kind of signs. Um, of when you're going too fast in life in a manner of speaking and you really need to catch some break. And you mentioned the fact that you get easily irritated, like you're irritable, any small little thing, you get angry or whatever. And I've noticed that one of my wife's um, ways of talking to me in recent times is if I'm working, um, she starts saying things like, what percentage are you now? <laughs> And not what percentage of your task have you accomplished, but what percentage in terms of, are you getting to that point where the boys will just do one small thing and you flare up? Um, because it just gets to that point when you've not had enough sleep, you've been up since 3 a.m. and 
you are coasting on from one thing to the other. And by the time it's getting to like 3 p.m., even your physiology and biology and everything will start screaming and you may still not feel it until you start shouting at what you need not shout about and, and screaming on a two-year-old or a four-year-old on something that's just not worth it. So yeah, we are not alone, <laughs> basically. Who wants to share again? Um, I think it's it's good we let it all out. This is part of where the desire begins. Um, I know that is leaving us hanging in a place where we feel like, okay, can we just get on to, how can I then begin to fix it? What are exactly. the What should I now go on to do and things like that? And yes, we'll get to that. And I know that the two weeks gap in between our meetings might feel like a long time to, wait as it were for what comes next but it's good for us to actually sit with this reality even for the next two weeks let's even come back and try to see what the holy spirit would have brought to our minds as ways to begin to address some of these things and we'll start from there when we meet next before we then go on to to share damola your hand is up yeah um when you mentioned, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about the whole irritable part, which is actually like, I mean, I know I've seen it in, but then it's funny how for me, yeah, like personally, when I'm, when I have a lot of things, like trying to do lots of things and then I don't get irritable. Like it's instead what, what happens is like, I just suppress things. Like I just want to, I just want to be like, I just don't want any like when I mean I just want to be in my own space in the sense that I'm not going to like if anyone actually maybe asks for something or needs me to do something, I would respond normally and then I'm asking myself, Damola, but <laughs> you're just like you're actually upset about oh you have to do this and you have to do that. But I think for me it's and in the end it's actually not a good place to be like repressing and just wanting to just like just shut out from everything like because in the end it's not it's not a good defense mechanism yeah it's not the best defense yeah. mechanism so yeah in that sense it's also not yeah so aftermath of that if that gets prolonged for a long time then there will be an internal implosion that can lead to a worse outburst than you could have ever ever imagined so. possibly <laughs> Yeah. And also, I don't know, I just feel like sometimes, sometimes we really, really just can't help some things. Okay, like this week, I wasn't feeling too well. And then it was annoying. Oh, I wasn't feeling too well. But yet, I had so much things to do. Things that I couldn't even postpone. Yeah. Uh, even things that shouldn't have come up. Some things just came up. And I remember I needed to um, make a transaction. And then the money I needed to come in. Not to make the transaction didn't come in. Not to go to the bank, waited for about two and a half hours queuing, and then I had exam the next day, trying to read while queuing at the bank. It was just really, really annoying and just tiring. And so it was like I was just internalizing the the stress and just you know, so really, some things can't just be helped, and it's sad and annoying. Which 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 is interesting because I, I you would recall one of the things. <laughs> was to, um, Dam Larry, I'm coming to you, and I think Palasha Dale is better, so wants to say something. One of the things he said towards the end was to refer to this quote by C.S. Lewis 
that the way we respond to interruptions is who we are. In other words, when things don't go our way, when things don't go according to plan, often by factors that we can't even help, how do we respond to that? And two people will be faced with that same experience and respond in two different ways. 10 people will face the same kind of experience and respond in 10 different ways. Um, but there is definitely going to be a way that would look like how Jesus would have responded. And that would be peaceful, that would be relaxing <laughs> in the midst of that pressure. So how do I kind of lay hold on that? How do I break into that? And those, those are the kind of things that would come in next. He has given us some kind of um, intro or highlight as to what to expect in terms of some disciplines and practices, things about um, solitude and silence, things about Sabbath, things about um i think there are a couple other s's like that that we're going to look at so that can give us some kind of clues as to what this might look like um sister esther says she likes the part of the devil getting us busy yeah he said that if the devil can get you to sin he will get you busy i think that was just like bam <laughs> father dan go on <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, I came in quite late. Um, yeah, I hope I will still be able to get the recorded and um, get the other parts. Uh, I, yeah, like someone said, well gotten, duty as charged, hopefully acquitted. Um, the subject of Jesus has been treated in different dimensions. Yeah. I think the, the dimension that I met tonight, that of the patience, yeah. that of the relaxed Jesus is something that has not been talked about in Christendom as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm, maybe I've not heard or maybe I've not researched well enough to know about that, but just as I heard the latter part tonight, it just struck me. I mean, he said in one word, somebody was asked to describe Jesus and he said, relaxed. Yeah. yeah. And it just popped in my heart, the storm, the disciples were worried and the young man was there sleeping. I mean, who does that? Ask me. <laughs> so I think it's, it's, um, it's a, for me, it's a welcome aspect of the discussion. The truth is, when I saw the topic, everyone is busy, it's a statement of fact. Yeah. Even devil is busy. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about God, but um, I'm sure. So everyone in, in, at this point, but the question is, what are you busy doing? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what comes up. But most likely, I think the patience part of that Jesus part, um, sometimes we think we have it, sometimes when it is tested. I think the, 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 those who invented exams and tests, they did well because you could assume that you know so many things. So many things we used to think we know until we get to a place of text. And then you realize that seriously. So um, thank you for this opportunity once again. And um, I'm hopeful that um, 
through it all, we will get better. On a final note, Jesus spent just 33 years plus, according to history, and um, he fulfilled his purpose within that period of time. Now, I just wondered, the hustling and bustling of today, the trying to, the rat race, the everything, everyone is on high speed. In fact, if you are going slow at this point in time, somebody will say something is wrong with you. And so I think it's very, very important at this time to be busy doing something and something that adds value to the kingdom. God bless us all. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, Damilara Yusuf, the floor is yours. Okay, good evening, everyone, once again. Yeah, it's, um, interestingly, um, it's, I've seen this book before, but I've never even gotten to say that I want to read it. So thank you for um, sharing it. And um, I love the, I love the video. Like what I said I've been gotten was like, it was more, it was just like the man just sat, sat through my day or sat through my, sat through my, um, through my times, my busy times and then just like straight. <laughs> Like being in traffic and you know wanting to change lane, ah, that one, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you need to <laughs> complete some assignments and you know, to just be like everybody is driving very slow. So yes, actually, uh, 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 what what I what I loved about it was he he showed us he he showed us from the life of Jesus where we should be, and so it's it's kind of like just packed up something in us like like beginning with the end in mind that look this is what this is this is just yes imagine the life of jesus and you just see that instead of relaxed i would say in charge do mm. those things look like interruptions well, even though they were interruptions it looked like yeah they didn't plan for those things and like, oh okay he just had the right answer he just knew the right thing to do it's just so so the life of Jesus actually really points us to um, a lot that we could learn to actually eliminate hurry. And then he also showed us, he showed us where each of us are, or at least he showed, yes, he showed us which, like, he, he, like he just did a, did an MRI or a diagnosis of, because if you don't, if you have not um, become, should I say self-aware? To really detect that, okay, these and these are the areas, and these and these are what I should um, actually work on. And I love the fact that he, he, he outlined those three things: that being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing um, the things that Jesus would do. Many times, we start from trying to do the things that Jesus would do, and then we end up being burnt out. Like he said, he was a pastor. And it's interesting because people think that pastors are not busy, but pastors are many of one of the busiest people in the world. Like the ministry could even actually even snatch them away from the Jesus they are claiming to represent in a way. I'm not a pastor, but I know pastor will help us. So he, 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 he just showed us. And then I believe in the, he kind of just went up and said that, okay, so what do we do? What do we do now? How do we, how do we become more simple? How do we be, how do we practice solitude, Sabbath, and all those things that he has said? 
So it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, uh, it's, it's just so interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for, for sharing all those thoughts. Um, Stephen Damola says, I love the part of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and the third part, which is doing the things that Jesus um, would do. He says, I also resonate with the fact that once the devil doesn't get you to sin, it keeps you busy from being with the Lord and from the brethren. That's so right. Um, Okay, he says sometimes we even get busy with church activities and responsibilities and not getting busy with dwelling with him, which is like what matters most. Mr. Inka is asking if I can share the link to the video. I'll work on that. I would need to first download it and then maybe put it on the Google Drive and share the link with us so that we can catch up on that. Otherwise, it would be, um, or I could share this recording, the video of this recording with us um, for the whole conversation as well. That one is going to be readily available um, shortly after now. So we can always go back to that. <clears throat> then... Docker says, silent, solitude, simplicity, slowing, yeah. Yeah, and I received grace to apply them. And me too. So thank you for, for this engagement. Is there any other person that wants to share some thoughts? Sister, I know you are quiet. <coughs> okay, I'll go after Sister, no? <laughs> I've been a bit busy, me. Sorry. Yeah. All right, all right. Kingsley, you can yeah. I, I, I couldn't listen to the video because I was playing music for them at the time. So I'm getting the boys to bed. I was getting the boys to bed, but they are in bed now. So I didn't catch everything so that was said. Huh? Okay. See, the boys are already in bed. You want oh, to go to bed, so. Okay. <laughs> David is another, his own clan is different from this clan. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> okay, so um, I just want to chip in one or two things here. And uh, what I want to chip in is uh, uh, Jesus was busy, like all of us are busy. But one thing about Jesus is that early in the morning, he woke up to go and commune with the Father. And I think there's something I posted in the group chat, which is from the video now. He said that if the devil can't get you to sin, he makes you busy. And then that's just one of the things that happens. And if we can be able to distinguish that, and there's something that um, my pastor said that the geo said one time, if you put a fan on and then there's power out of the fan and you walk into that room, you will know that the Nepal, or not Nepal, like the electricity company have taken the light. The fan is still going to be turning and with time before it's completely cuts off. And sometimes the devil makes us busy and cuts us off completely out of the uh, uh, out of God's presence. Imagine someone living in London or someone living in Lagos, and you have to wake up 5 a.m. and you don't have time to commune with the Father. You don't have time to um, um, to uh, communicate with the Holy Spirit. And then you're in traffic, trying to jungle about. Oh, I'll pray the Lord's prayer, and then you are pushing it that way. Oh, you're still spiritual. After the second day, you're still spiritual. Sometimes it takes like three months, four months, the same attitude, and you see yourself falling into some temptations that ordinarily you wouldn't have fallen into, and you see yourself, you've already cut off from that power. So that's one thing keeping busy can do. The devil makes us busy. Why do my pastor always says, is it a business and, and business? Don't be, don't go for, uh, don't be busy trying to, there's a way he put it, but 
you're trying to do a business and then you're very, very busy doing something legit. And sometimes one of the deceptive uh, strategy the devil is using now is not good and bad. It's not using what we call good and nearly good. So you look at something, the thing looks good, but it's like a icing of a cake. When you now open up these eyes, now what do you see inside? You now see the real cake. So something could look real good. Oh yeah, you're, you're going to work for to sort out money for your family. Oh yeah, you're very busy and doing like that uh, to sort out uh, uh, money for your family and all that. And then you're losing the real thing. The Bible says that Jesus told Martha that you are worried about too many things. Or told Mary, you're worried about too many things, about what to do and what to do. But this is the important thing. And that thing Jesus calls the important thing is what we should always make sure. And that is the fellowshipping with him. How often do you fellowship? No matter, it's okay to be busy. It's okay to be busy because um, our uh, church leaders, the Benny Hames, the Daddy G.O.s, them and all them big, big men of God, they've got a lot of things on their tables and they still attend to it. But what is that thing that gives them that strength? It is because of their relationship they have with God. If you're able to have that, raise up that, uh, rise up early in the morning, like Jesus Christ rises up early in the morning, you'll be able to heal the sick. You're able to do everything without even breaking down. So I think one of the take-homes for me is making sure that, that my relationship with God is not touched by my busyness of the day. So no matter how busy that I feel like I am going to be, I should just try to... Uh, make sure that my relationship with God is not um, affected by any chance. And if we can just try to start with God, we call it closing and opening the spiritual gates. In Nigeria, we close our gates every evening and in the morning, we go and open the gate. So see that I'm opening the gate and then at the end, I'm closing the gate. That way, no matter how busy you are, even if it's two or three hours that you sleep, God will give you rest. That's one. The second thing I want to say is, the second thing I want to say and add is that uh, uh, when it comes to sleep as well, I think you, when we're talking about what do you do, uh, Sister New York disappearing, you know, uh, <laughs> as rapture taking place. <laughs> it's my screen. Whenever I go to a black screen, it, it takes my face off. <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the second thing is that I, I feel as well that sometimes yeah, that sleeping is actually not complete resting. Sometimes I've been in situations where I'm really worried mentally or mentally stressed, or uh, you're tired, and then you're trying to sleep. But even in your sleep, you're kind of get the, the worry transfers to the dream, and you wake up so stressed and all that. And you see yourself that even sleeping is actually not stressed. And that's why I know this trans this stuff in Igbo language, uh, but I'll try to translate it. It's a Bible passage that I don't know where it is in English. He gives sleep to his beloved. I think yeah, he gives sleep to his beloved. So we see that. Everything is tied down to a relationship with God because when you're stressed, you're having a busy day, and you ask God to give you good night rest, to give you that sleep. He gives you that sleep. So if that two or three hours or five hours of sleep, it will be worth it. But when you go, you're sleeping and you're thinking about, oh my God, I need to pay my fees. I need to do this. And in your dream, you're you're seeing uh, dollars in your dream, and when you want to touch it, you wake up. So. Uh, I think those are just my take home from today. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to me.
Thank you. Thank you very much, Kingsley, for sharing. Um, there are also some other comments in the chat thread. <clears throat> Finyalade Sui suggests that um, John Bever puts it as good or God. Good or God. Uh, that was part of the ideas in my mind when I wrote, is this opportunity from God? The fact that it's good doesn't necessarily mean it's an opportunity that you need to invest in. Um, Dockers has put the scripture you were quoting Kingsley in the chat thread, Psalm 127, verse 3. Um, I like to study in Kaz's description that some people are like rocking chairs. They are moving, but they are going nowhere. <laughs> and some are even busy doing ministry, yet without ministering. Um, those are really, really um, interesting thoughts. Okay, um, I, Sister Ife, your hand is up, we'll take you and gradually we'll be coasting the conversation so that in 15 minutes we Thank can. Thank you, Pastor. I'm just going to be quick. Something just came to my mind about our health. Because mm. we've been talking about, yes, having been busy on the spiritual aspect of it and all. But there are sometimes, for example, today, it's not because what happened that made me say, that I thought about that made me say, I'm sorry, is the Holy Spirit just make me understand that that's not what you should even be sorry about. You should be sorry about not sleeping all through the night and staying two hours and going to work and doing your job at the same time and still doing some extra things. It was all too much. Now, it starts from somewhere. Before you get to that point, that breaking point, what made me do what I did in a hurry without even praying? I, like one thing I've, I've been asking God for is, before I make any decision, help me to pray. So now I'm focusing on, I didn't pray. I just took the, I, I just went up straight, and I made that decision. and. That was it. And then later, and I was then, oh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. And I'm saying, sorry. How did this start? And before we get to that breaking point, may the Lord just help us to take a pause and stop and rest. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't know I was muted. I said amen to that. And I think that's a prayer that we we all need one way or the other um is there any other thoughts anyone that wants to share before we read the passage in the scripture just to wrap up the conversation for today anyone anyone okay i'm just actually scanning through like my last year's um christmas gifts was a Fitbit wristwatch from my wife, which is like the best gift ever. Um, and every week I get emails in my inbox telling me some details about my life. <laughs> and I just checked the most recent one to see what my average restful sleep is. One thing to sleep, it will tell you how long you've slept. It will tell you how long of that sleep is actually like restful sleep. And it's telling me that, I had five hours, 11 minutes of restful sleep every night. I'm like, wow, that's good. And that's like plus one hour from last week. So that means as of last week, I was sleeping four hours <laughs> every night. And 
even then I was praising myself with all the things that I've got to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm feeling fly five hours. That's, that's a high score <laughs> in a long while. Um, but I believe that all the different thoughts that <clears throat> we've shared is, amongst other things, helping us to see the reality of what we're talking about. This is not some abstract issue. It's something I think we can all relate with on the one hand. On the other hand, and I should quickly throw this out as a disclaimer, this series, and I think going forward, many of our meetings might take this kind of format where we see a video and then have reflections about it. Um, but we would want different people to facilitate that conversation. So if you are interested, by facilitate, I mean to do what I'm doing now, just to moderate the conversation. I can do all the tech side of it from my end, help you play the video and all that. But getting people to talk and giving feedbacks on what they have said, like I'm doing now, I'll be glad if we have some other volunteers to do that. So if you are interested in that, you can private message me. Um, or you can even just put it on the chat if you're comfortable enough to do that. Um, so we can pick it up from there and kind of do like a rotor um, to let you know who is doing what um, as we go on in that journey. Um, I just wanted to add that, or we can be brutish and just assign tasks to people. I can do that myself. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll give it to you. And then you can talking. <laughs> You know, you know, first all, let's jump to. I'll just, I'll just chat you up and say, oh, it's your turn tomorrow. So, <laughs> so let's volunteer as much as we can. God bless us all. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, God bless my wife. She's my starter. Um, that's a whole other post. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to read um, the story of Martha and Mary, just that passage. It's not a sermon. It's just to read the passage for what it is and whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you take it from, from that and then we'll wrap up with a prayer. Okay, so that's Luke 10, verse 38 to verse 42. Luke 10 verse 38 to verse 42. Sorry, before I read that, I remember that um, someone asked, what's the site address again for the video resource? It's rightnowmedia.com or .hog. Um, it's, it's, a, it's more or less like Christian YouTube, basically. So video teachings, video animation series, and all sorts of video contents on books of the Bible, on different topics, or on books that authors have written. But I know that that, that challenge you might have subscribing on that would be you need to be linked to an organization so i don't think they do like individual subscriptions or maybe they do i've not explored that but i'm on an organization with a, a church ministry that is registered to to them in that regard so um, but you can explore it and let me know how that plays out but the videos are free to download and share and things like that so i i can always get a way to get the videos across to us one way or the other uh, after now. All right, Luke 10, 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. I don't know which of these versions. Let me go with Living Bible. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they relaxed Jesus. They came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home, Martha's home. Her sister Mary sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. But Martha was the jittery type. 
and was worrying over the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I'm not going to take it away from her. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. In the message translation, um, that verse 42, it says, one thing only is essential. And Mary has chosen it. It's the main cause <laughs> and won't be taken from her. Like, thank you for your food, but this is the main cause. Whatever you bring will be an addendum, will be an appetizer or a dessert. But this is, this is the main cause. And what's that main cause? Just being with Jesus. Just being with Jesus. And I will leave it at that with us. Um, as we were saying all these things, I reflected on my day today and saw that one of the most exciting time that I had or exciting experience I had today was when I had to show the way to someone. So I was coming from church and decided to stop by post office to post a check. And then I saw this person looking confused. Of course, this at this point in time, I was just, those are my me moments when I'm commuting on a bus or just taking a long walk and things like that. So I'm just walking and being myself and all that. And I saw her looking really confused and started to ask Opal as well. And she's like, I'm looking for this address. And then she brought out her phone and was trying to show me on Google Maps. So I was able to point out, you know, she couldn't read the direction of what she was saying. So I was able to point out, you go this way, three streets to the right and da, 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 and things like that. And I felt really happy that I'm able to help someone. But I imagine that if I've got lots of things going on, maybe plugged in something to my head that I'm listening to and I'm thinking about X, Y, Z, I wouldn't even be able to spot that there is a confused person that is standing right in my path. Um, but that, that happened because, again, I was free at that time, <laughs> free of the anxieties. Of course, when I get into certain context, I pick up those bags that I've dropped again and the reading continues. But hopefully, and let's do well to journey together on this series. Um, it won't be what it if you just spot the problem and then disappear. Let's come back in two weeks and see how we can begin to figure out how to make this work. May the Lord bless our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's pray. Is there anyone that has anything you want us to agree collectively with you about? Um, Sister Damala, is the business going? We are going to keep you accountable. <laughs> we are not adding to your busyness list, but we're just checking with you. <laughs> Yeah, it's going well. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I started. It's been really fruitful. Yeah. That's good. Does anybody want us to agree together with him or her on anything? All right. In the absence of none, let's pray.
Thank you, Father, for another beautiful Immerse Youth Hangout. When Immerse started in 2017, you gave us that word Immerse in the sense that you want us to be a community of people that will be immersed into your life, into your word, into your culture, your way of doing things. And we're asking that for very many of us that are just, as it were, joining that journey, that you will make this uh, pivotal turning point, a significant point in that journey, whereby we indeed begin to take on intentional steps to be immersed into your life, immersed into your ways, immersed into the disciplines and practices that has made the kind of exemplary life you lived a model for us. And give us the grace to acknowledge your omnipresence, the fact that you are there, always there, anywhere, everywhere, so that we can enjoy at every opportunity moments of being with you, leaning into what you want to say, catching the smiles on your face, the whispers of your voice, and the nudges and the promptings and the tugs at our hearts to direct us, to lead us, to guide us, to refreshing us so that we can be relaxed like you enjoying all that there is to enjoy, delighting in you, delighting in the journey, delighting in the adventure on our way to your endless presence. This is our desire. And we pray that that will find expression in every area of our lives, in every burden we are currently carrying, financial burdens, career burdens, workplace issues, relationship matters and all manner of things, family issues, we're just asking, church issues that you would bring your peace be still as it were into every of this situation. Make your provision clear. Help us to see the ram whose horn is locked in the ticket. Help us to see the crucible and the little oil and the many empty jars that will be miraculously filled thereby. Help us to spot the giftings that are the seed for the answer to the prayers we've been asking. Help us to identify those that you are sending us out to on a daily basis to be of help to those who are confused, those who are seeking direction in life. This is our desire, oh God, that we may be more like you, Jesus. And it's in your name, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. God bless you all so very much. It's such a joy, such a beautiful opportunity to gather together. And I'm personally excited. I didn't know how today was going to go. I didn't know how it would look like. Um, I think my system actually was also almost complaining midway into the video. I should have restarted before we started but this, the system has been on perpetually for God knows how many days now. So, um, but yeah, next two, two weeks, we'll pick it up from where we stop and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs>